Hi friends, welcome to Teen Glitter, the podcast. I'm Evelina, better known as Ivy of the Les Vixens. I'm a lesbian burlesque performer and I've spent my entire career learning how to own my body, my identity, my sensuality, my sexuality, my body, and my life, and to empower others to do the same. On this podcast, I spill the tea and I give you all that gay girl glitter on how to live a more peaceful, productive, pretty, happy, and healthy life. Thank you endlessly for being here and for letting me be a part of your day. It means the entire world to me. I'm so happy to be here. And let's get into episode six of Tea and Glitter. How are you guys today? How's your day going? How are you feeling? What's the tea? Tell me all about it. I'll tell you my tea. My tea is that I'm a little stressed. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I am a little stressed. You know why I'm stressed? Because it's show week. When this episode goes live, we have our show tonight, Wednesday, July 19th in Orlando, and tomorrow, Thursday, July 20th in Tampa. So if you're listening to this on uh, the day this episode goes live, I am probably even more stressed (laughs) than I am right now. How fun is that for me? It's actually super fun. Being a producer is amazing. It's awesome. It's one of the greatest things I've ever done, but it's also incredibly, insanely stressful. I am responsible for everything for these shows from the back end, ticketing, the graphic design, booking the shows, the venues, doing all that. But I'm also responsible for paying everyone, sound and lights, the performers, the stage kitten, the door people, literally everyone, which means that ticket sales dictate whether or not I get to pay all of these people from the show or whether I have to break into my own little piggy bank and pay everyone out of pocket. Because baby, my performers are getting paid one way or the other, even if that means that I don't get paid. One of the stressful parts about this is that most people wait until the last minute to buy their dang tickets. So your girl is stressing for weeks, for weeks and weeks, possibly even a few more weeks about ticket sales. So I'm left not only prepping to perform, to host the whole show, to produce the whole thing, to make sure all my performers are good to go. Everybody will be where they are supposed to be. I get to the venue early. I set everything up. I do all of these things. And I am hoping and praying that ticket sales are solid by the time the show starts. So to all the people who buy tickets at the very, very last minute, I love you so much. Thank you so much for supporting the shows. It means the whole world. But homies, you are knocking years off my life. My friends who are listening right now are rolling their eyes because I've never actually had to pay out of pocket for any of these shows because they've always been successful, which is amazing. Knock on wood. But you're not a producer if you're not stressed out about your shows. That's just... (laughs) how it goes for me. No matter how many successful shows we have, your girl still stresses the entire time. I literally had Lady Bri Adonis this Saturday at, at Girl the Party be like, I'm so proud of you. You're doing so good. You're not stressing about the show. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you're hilarious. I am actually quite stressed. I'm just keeping it all inside. <laughs> and now apparently on my podcast. But aside from that, I am doing quite well. Thank you so much for asking. The show and the podcast have been taking up most of my time right now, but all of this is a total labor of love, and I hope you guys feel that from me. The response to the podcast has been so dang amazing and gratifying, and it makes it all worth it. So thank you guys so much to everyone who has sent me a message or let me know that they enjoy the podcast. You guys are really keeping this girl motivated and and happy and Makes me feel like I'm actually doing something, you know, connecting with you guys in such a real way. So I really appreciate that. Anyway, if you saw the title of this episode, you already know what we're going to be talking about today. 
romanticizing our lives. And I know you guys have heard that term romanticize your life like a billion times on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. But owning this concept changed my life long before it became a trend. And I have found so much beauty and meaning in my life because of it. I value this so much in my own life, which is why I want to talk about it with you guys today. And it has nothing to do with buying anything, with having expensive skincare, with having an aesthetic Instagram feed or anything like that. Romanticizing your life is about being an active participant in your own life. There are a million different ways to look at your life and to process the experiences that happen to you. And yes, while life can be hard and it can suck and it can be a struggle, there are so many opportunities to look at things differently. Romanticizing your life is not about pretending the realities of life don't exist. It's not about faking it or toxic positivity. It's about a choice to try to be more intentional with your thoughts, your energies, your focus, your awareness. Before the term romanticizing your life became popular, I I used to say, and I still do say, find the magic in the mundane. This is something that I have been doing for me, for my own happiness and fulfillment for a long time. I don't think that the big, fancy, extravagant vacations or events should be the only things that are special or memorable in our lives. Because to be honest, those things are so few and far between. I think every day can be made to feel a little more special. And like, why not? Why not make all the day-to-day routines and things we do feel a little more pretty, a little more sparkly, worthy of a little more gratitude? attitude. Our lives are mostly made up of the minutiae of life. And so why not find the magic in the mundane? I want my life to look as pretty as possible, to feel as good as possible. And to do that, I have to accept the responsibility for the mindfulness that that requires. I have no interest in being miserable. I'm going to say that again, because That's a phrase that I go back to a lot in my life. I have no interest in being miserable. And if you do, if you want to be miserable, I can't relate to that because I don't want to be miserable in my life. While there's a lot in life that really truly does suck, there is also a lot within our control about how we perceive life and our days and the little and big things. And therefore, we have a lot more control over how life is actually experienced. I'm really fucking big on this and into it because I used to have a lot of anxiety. And of course, yes, I still have anxiety because life. But my anxiety used to be this crushing weight every single morning. I would wake up in a panic, my heart racing, and my mind literally all over the place. And I would also struggle with existential crises. (laughs) Like sometimes life just looked so ugly, so full of concrete and heat and strip malls and global warming. And why does anything even matter? Those spirals would get really, really bad for me sometimes. And like, that's not how I want to live. I don't want to wake up feeling this crushing weight on me and to look around and only see the ugliness. But then it also hit me, maybe this life means nothing, but I'm the one who has to live it. So why not start finding the little things, the big things, the magic in the mundane, the moments in the day that just might make this life feel better. Again, I have no interest in being miserable. So why not take back some of that control? And if life really does mean nothing, then that means that it also can mean something if I want it to. Like if my options are to make my life feel better and to look prettier 
or to not, I'm going to choose to make my life feel prettier, even if it's just in my head. Because as I say, your perception is your reality. And we do have some control of our perceptions. So therefore, to some degree, we have some control over our actual realities. And that math is mathin' for me, baby. It's kind of like the other trend where people talk about being the main character or having main character energy. I don't mean main character as in the world revolves around you. I mean it as in you are the person who has to experience your life in your body with the hand the universe has dealt you. This is your story of your life. And even if your writers gave you some painful plot twists and a shitty background, and maybe even some terrible secondary characters, you are still the one who gets to write the rest, including your day-to-day shit. So in that regard, you are absolutely the main character of your life, and you still get to decide how you are going to interact with the world. How incredibly exciting is that? Of course, this requires some effort and to actively take responsibility and accountability for how you perceive your life, which is not easy, but dude, it's so fucking empowering. It gives you some agency and a sense of control in a world where I feel like we really don't have a ton of that. We don't really have a ton of control, but it also switches you from like a victim mentality, a victim identity to something much more present and powerful. Unfortunately, our brains are hardwired to focus on the negative. It's a dumbass survival thing, But we have evolved past our lizard brains, and that pretty little prefrontal cortex is something we actually have to use. Mindfulness and intentionality and focusing on the positives are all things that require energy and exercise because they're like a muscle. If you're going through a hard time, the idea of romanticizing your life might make you feel frustrated, and I hear that, but it's not about toxic positivity. It's about neuroplasticity and creating new pathways in the brain that can literally change the way life looks and feels. There have been a bajillion studies done on mindfulness and its benefits, and they are real. It's not just gaslighting yourself into believing that the world is all sunshine and rainbows all the time. Research has shown the fulfillment people feel in life goes up exponentially for those who use mindfulness as a tool regularly to have agency and control over their lives. It's about training your brain and building the muscle of perceiving the world differently in a more hopeful way in a way that sees more of the beauty that's around us. This is a micro practice that opens our eyes up to a little bit more of the good that actually exists in our world, in our lives, around us all the time. It's not a cure-all and it's not gonna change some of the realities of life, but studies have shown that personal satisfaction does increase when you incorporate this kind of intentional mindfulness. There are so many benefits physiologically, physically, mentally, emotionally, and like it's free. Like you can get all these benefits for fucking free. You don't need to buy anything to do this. I think that's probably my favorite part. Have you heard of confirmation bias? It's basically people's tendency to process information by looking for or interpreting information that is consistent with their existing beliefs. This biased approach is largely unintentional and unconscious, and it results in a person ignoring information that is inconsistent with their beliefs and seeking out information that confirms their beliefs. These beliefs can include your expectations for a given situation or your expectations or predictions about a particular outcome. So it's basically what you believe you will see more of. So for example, if you think that bad things happen to you, if that's a belief you have, you're like, oh, bad things always happen to me your brain will automatically notice and amplify the bad things that happen to you until that's mostly what you see. 
But on the flip side of that, if you believe that good things happen to you, your brain will be searching out the good things that happen to amplify. And then boom, all of a sudden, life is way more full of good. And that doesn't mean that bad things won't happen if you have the belief that good things happen to you. It just means that your brain will notice and soak in less of the bad and instead will prioritize finding and feeling the good. And the more you do this, the more the positives become an easier default. And your brain starts getting into the groove of seeing the world around you in a more positive light. And once again, the best part about this is that it is free. (laughs) I'm really big on this being such like a free thing. Like I love that you guys don't have to spend any money to make your life a bajillion times better, especially because that means that romanticizing your life, intentionality, mindfulness is something that anyone can do. There are no barriers to it. There's nothing that's stopping you. There's no demographic or economic barriers to creating better neuropathways in your brain to help you live a better and healthier and happier life. Thanks, he has joined us, everyone. But you can actually start to curate your own confirmation biases by working to romanticize your life. Romanticizing your life is just another way to talk about mindfulness. And I know mindfulness to some people can really truly sound a little bit granola, but do you want to live a more romantic life or not? Don't you deserve to live a nicer, kinder, prettier, softer, more generous life? I think you do. Banksy agrees. Banksy is living his softest life right now in my lap. I need to trim his claws because I'm not living my softest life with him in my lap right now. Jeez. He's like gripping on. It's fine. Anyway, back to the podcast. So if you're feeling resistant any of this, if you're rolling your eyes or thinking this shit doesn't apply to me, this is like fucking Pollyanna bullshit. Why? What about the idea of a more peaceful and pretty life for yourself makes you feel so defensive? You know, you might want to take a look at that because sometimes it comes down to our beliefs about ourselves, about our worthiness, about what we deserve. Pessimism is not cute, but I can understand feeling comfort in a pessimistic identity or a victim identity. Because to be honest, the negative is easier for our brains to do. So I get that. I get if you feel more comfortable, safer in a pessimistic thing, because I also understand the fear of expectation and being disappointed. So if you start thinking that life can be good and then things happen, plot twists that suck and are painful. The idea that you had hoped for something more and it didn't happen could be extra crushing. I totally get that. But I think step one, before we do anything else, is that you got to believe that you deserve more. You have to. You have to believe that you deserve beauty in your life, that you deserve joy, that you deserve to be able to manage the harder things in life with more ease. Because this kind of brain training that I'm talking about really truly does make life more manageable. So a bad day ends up just being a bad moment in that day. Or even if the whole dang day really does suck and it was a shitty day overall, top to bottom, you can know that it's just a blip in an overall pretty great dang little life. It's a mindset. It's mindfulness. It's intention. It's focus. It's awareness. It's all about perception. And at the top of it all, it's a choice. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. And I'm going to put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. 
(laughs) And it's also about making things work for your life. Not about comparing yourself to someone else or their life or what works for them. It's not about getting up at 5 a.m. or drinking a cold brew or wearing that outfit or using that expensive skincare unless those are things that really truly do make you happy. The concept of romanticizing your life is really just about finding the things that actually make you happy and amplifying them for yourself and your life. It's not about comparing yourself to what makes someone else happy because someone else might be totally thriving in a job that you would hate. Just a side note, if anyone's watching on YouTube, uh, yes, that's Banksy back there. See, he's doing things that make him happy, even though I have no idea. Like this wouldn't make me happy. It wouldn't make me happy to squish myself into that little spot, but it's bringing him a lot of joy. So he's romanticizing his life right now. But anyway, it is absolutely pointless to copy or compare. What you have to do is you got to get real invested in your own life. You have to get real invested in your own self. Like for me, something that I have romanticized to the moon and back is this little venti iced green tea. I know for a fact that some of you guys think this is silly that I drink this every day, that I go to Starbucks a million times and all I get is iced green tea that I can make at my house for 10 cents. But this little iced green tea in this pretty little reusable cup, it gives me so much dopamine and I go down to Starbucks and I get it and then my brain is chemically altered (laughs) and it feels better. It is literally something that is so simple, but for me, I've romanticized it. So now it actually means something to my life and it helps the chemicals in my brain. It helps me feel some dopamine, some serotonin, bam, actual chemical changes in my life that make my life feel better. It's wild. It's crazy. It's simple. It's so easy. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's simple. Okay. It's simple and it's free. I know the tea's not free. It's free to romanticize the tea. You know what I'm saying? I value this so much. These simple concepts that make life so much better. I value them and treasure them so much because they have changed my life and they keep me from existential dread and they keep me from spiraling out and they keep me from having overwhelming anxiety. And this is why I want to share this with you today. And if you're not already doing it, let's talk about some ways to start doing that. Let's talk about some ways that you right now in this moment can start romanticizing your life. And it's honestly not the most earth shattering revelation. So I really hope you weren't like expecting me to drop some incredibly brilliant, the most brilliant thing you've ever heard right now. But I think that's what's so great about this concept is that it's free. (laughs) I love the free part. I don't know if you can tell, but it's not a massive paradigm shift. Like your brain does not have to go through culture shock to get it. Romanticizing your life basically just comes down to this. How can you get a grip on the way your brain automatically defaults and then shift it to something a little nicer? How can you allow for more awareness of the little romances that exist in each day? How can you find more gratitude for the smaller things, not just the big extravagant things, not the big vacations, not just the big events, but the smaller things in life, because they mean a lot too. How can you find more presence in the moment? And how can you have a kinder, sweeter perspective on what you find when you observe your world? It's how you choose to define what's happening to you and the judgments you put on it. For example, when I'm recording this, it is rainy and gray outside. It has been raining all day. And I hear people say that this type of weather is nasty, that it's gross. And for them, it is. The day becomes nasty and gross. But for me, I find this weather to be cozy, nostalgic, soft. It's cleansing. And it reminds me that I need to water my plants. (laughs) And this part is super, super gay. But when I was taking my walk earlier today, the sun peeked out of the clouds a little bit and there was a freaking rainbow. So the day went from nasty and gross to soft magic 
and gay. <laughs> the weather didn't change, but how I chose to look at the weather changed. That doesn't mean that when I'm like driving in a thunderstorm on my way to a gig that I don't wish for clear skies necessarily, but it's like I don't hate the rain and I don't choose to think that the weather is terrible. I'm grateful for the lightning show on my drive and that I arrived to the gig safely. And you can do this with a lot of things, especially if you don't have like a deep belief on it one way or the other and your brain is just defaulting to the negative or to the unaware. For example, drinking your coffee. The first sip of your coffee is usually the one where you go like, mm, yum, right? But what about the next 20 sips? Did you even taste them? Imagine an entire cup of coffee that tastes good the entire time. I can't because I think coffee is gross, but my green tea, refreshing from the first sip to the last. And like, that might not seem big to you at all. That might not seem like it does anything or changes anything, but it's these micro moments that add up. And then they do end up changing things because if you have enough of these micro moments throughout your day, they start to play a larger role and you start to notice them more. You start to notice a few more glimmers, a few more sparkly moments. You start to see them more and feel them more and absorb them more. And the thing about this is that they say that a negative experience, it takes five seconds to remember it. And a positive one, it takes 20 seconds of like actively being present in that moment. So that's another part of this. Like I said, the brain defaults to the negative and the positive requires a little bit more effort. But as you're creating that neuroplasticity, creating these new neural pathways in your brain, the default to positivity does start to get easier and optimism starts to play a larger role and it's much easier to do that over pessimism. This kind of thing is literally mind training. It is exercise. You have to exercise these more positive muscles because the default is negative. If you want to see the world in a negative way, then okay, fine. You do that. <laughs> That's your choice. You can do whatever you want. But for me, I want to see the world in a more positive way. I want a prettier, happier life. So I'm going to take the little bit of extra effort that it takes to start noticing these things because I do know from experience that it does get easier. And then all of a sudden, well, not maybe all of a sudden, but over time, the default becomes the more positive. Romanticizing your life will look different for each person because it depends on what brings you joy. What are some of the simple pleasures in your life that you might be overlooking? Focus on those and use them as a starting place to build ways to love your life a little more. Again, anytime any of this stuff starts to feel cringy or like who the fuck cares and the stuff is stupid and insignificant and nothing matters and it's all ugly anyway, which are thoughts that I often have to wrangle. Like I said, I, I am prone to existential crisis. I always just go back to why the fuck not? If I'm taking a walk and I see a flower, I have the choice to really see the flower. I can stop and take a moment to look at its actual colors, to take a second to see if it smells like anything, to wonder if bees have a favorite color, which I googled, and they do. And if you thought bees' favorite color would be red, like I thought, you are wrong. <laughs> Insects mostly see red as black, and their favorite color is typically blues and violets. But I can take a couple seconds to really experience that flower, or I can see that flower and walk past it and have zero experience with it. The flower is going to exist regardless. And when I think about that, as dumb as it may sound, I would rather smell a flower. I'd rather savor my tea. I'd rather see the trees instead of the concrete on my walk. I'd rather stare at the clouds and wonder which ones are cumulus, because I don't really remember, instead of complaining about the heat. I'd rather feel cozy about rainy weather rather than think it's nasty. These are my choices. This is what I would rather for my life. And it is such an existential thing because like, who fucking cares? And does it even matter? And then it's like, well, I 
do care. I do want my life to have meaning. I do want to see things in a more positive way. So I guess I'm going to choose to care. Your attitude and mindset towards your life will have an impact on the overall health and wellness of your life, even with money, even financially. Get this, research found that optimists are seven times more likely to have financial health than pessimists. Seven times. That's a shit ton of money. Also, just a side note, I'm not going to link any of these studies or anything in the description box anywhere. You guys all have Google. And if you want to do more research, and if you need some statistics to back up my podcast, go find them on your own. I did a little bit of research, and that's enough for me. If you want to do more, (laughs) have at it. Outside of the legit research that's done on mindfulness and how it improves our lives physiologically, physically, mentally, emotionally, cognitively, all of those things, I, myself, am living proof that this shit fucking works. My life is full of little moments that I have turned into bigger, more significant things for me. Taking a walk every day down to Starbucks to get my stupid little tea has become such a calming, centering way for me to get a grip on my day. It's not just about all the cute things I get to see on my walk, right? Like the flowers, the trees, the cool bugs that would have made me lose my shit as a kid. But it's also a ritual that gives me a few minutes just to myself to fully focus on centering myself and calming my heart and my brain down. And I've noticed that the more things like that that I have in my life, the more mindfulness, the more I find the magic in the mundane, I've noticed that the things that annoy the fuck out of other people don't really affect me. Like the little frustrations throughout the day, things that like really, really annoy people like the weather or traffic, those things don't even really bother me. They don't really get to me. They don't really affect me. And I think it's because I am out here smiling at a butterfly (laughs) and like taking that in. So by doing this kind of training for my brain to add a little more romance into the basics of my day, I'm rewriting my brain's default settings and helping the chemistry in my brain. And to be honest, like I would much rather focus on the butterfly and the flower and the pretty things and the nice things than the shitty weather or the heat or the fact that I'm sweating my ass off just taking a walk down to my local coffee shop. And like I said, you can do this for so, 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 so many things in your life. Like I keep talking about my little walks and things, but you can do it at your job. You can do it when you're cooking. You can do it when you're cleaning. You can do it when you wake up in the morning. You can do it when you're getting ready for bed. It's your quality of observation that centers on finding more prettiness, more peace, more joy. It's the process of like structuring not just your days and your routines and all that, but how you're interpreting the world around you. Because a lot of how we feel about something is how we've interpreted it. So for example, like if you have a commute to work or to school and you typically think that it sucks, try changing that thought. So instead of, oh, I hate this fucking commute, it sucks. Instead, think of it as your time to listen to some good as fuck music or your favorite podcast like Tea and Glitter, the podcast. (laughs) You got to drive it regardless, right? So like which reality are you going to choose for yourself? Is it your shitty drive or is it your you time to listen to Taylor Swift speak now? You know? Which one is it going to be for you, buddy? There are so many other ways in which you can romanticize these silly little things. Like one of my favorites that I saw on TikTok was like when someone's like trying to clean their kitchen, they put the lights down low and they play some medieval music, which you guys, if you don't know, I'm the queen at medieval times. So I was very into that. And they pretend they're like a tavern keeper closing up for the night. And I was like, that's so fun. It turns this like chore into something fantastical or like makes it more fun. And then now instead of like the shitty chore, you're 
have a bit of an escape and you enjoyed it a lot more than you would have if you just had to clean the kitchen. And even if you can't turn a situation that's boring into something fun, you can still infuse the moments with more gratitude. Like if you hate cleaning, just acknowledging the fact that you have a roof over your head and a safe space to sleep and feeling some gratitude for that can make cleaning suck less. Because let's be real, not everyone is so lucky. Not everyone has a roof over their head. So infusing more gratitude in these moments can also help change the entire thing. And for those of you who decide to take on this challenge of romanticizing your life a little bit, know that there will be times when you just can't. And that's okay. It's not a failure in any way. Even if you go long periods of time without ever noticing a single flower, just know the flowers will be there when you're ready. And it's important to realize that romanticizing your life does not mean ignoring or disregarding or pretending the negative aspects of life don't exist. Instead, it's simply about reframing them if you can and making the other parts of your life, all these other little things, feel more meaningful. And you also don't have to romanticize every single little part of your life. Just try to maybe add 1% more romance into your life, or 5% if you're feeling frisky. These small, simple, and free, I don't know why that has been like my favorite part, but like these small, simple, and free ways to incorporate a little more romance into your life are so important You just got to appreciate what you have right in front of you and to live with intention, no matter how mundane our daily lives can be. Not only can this make that minutia and these like boring little daily things seem a little more special, but it can also give you more agency, a little bit more control in a world that sometimes makes us feel completely powerless. And as a Virgo, I'm all about more control. There are so many realities that can exist. So like, why not choose the prettier one? Why not enjoy your day more? Why not enjoy your drive more? Why not enjoy cleaning the kitchen a little more, you you tavern wench? (laughs) And for a lot of people, a stupid little walk down to Starbucks might mean nothing to them. But to me, I saw a butterfly today. I saw a rainbow today. And like that adds a little bit of extra special to my day. And so why not? Why not? I ask you, that is my question to you guys. Why the fuck not choose to see things in a better light, choose to make life feel a little better, a little prettier, a little sexier, a little happier. I want a prettier, sexier, happier life. Like I want that. Like the things I'm doing in life, like I, I performing is like remarkable. I, I love that. I understand that. But like the rest of my life, I am tending to my plants and taking little walks. And I am so fucking peaceful and fulfilled and happy with that. Like it blows my mind. (laughs) And so I don't have to wait around for these bigger moments and for these big events and things. Like I can literally feel as stoked about a walk to Starbucks. I know I use that as an example, but guys, it's like all I do, whatever, Uh, as I do about a big vacation, you know, and that feels pretty fucking great. So I have like lots of really great dopamine and serotonin and things happening in my brain because I have trained my brain to find more goodness than bad. I have trained my brain to amplify the good, to amplify the simple, to make the simple special. I want you on board with this. All it takes is a little more intentionality, a little more mindfulness, a little more reframing of what I find when I look around me, what you find when you look around you. Obviously, this is not something you have to do, but I feel like, why not? (laughs) Why not make your life feel better? Why not make your days feel better. And like, yeah, I know it's silly and I know it's stupid, but is it? Because like, this is life. So (laughs) 
This is what we got going on for ourselves. And like, I think about the celebrities who reach all this fame and have all this money and stuff and how many of them are fucking miserable. So it's not even about fame or money or having more material things. It's literally about making the simple things more special. I really truly believe that. I think that some of the most peaceful and satisfied and fulfilled people don't have piles of riches and aren't famous. You know, they're the ones who love their little garden, who love their little homes, who take their little walks. I'm talking about myself here. again. <laughs> you know, don't you just picture that like very peaceful, satisfied person. And I want you to picture you. I want you to be that peaceful, satisfied person. I've told you like in five episodes at this point that peace is my priority. I would much rather be peaceful and fulfilled, especially if it's free. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. I know I didn't talk about too much gay stuff, but like, this is kind of gay. Talking about romanticizing your life. That's gay, I think. It's such a gay thing to do. Get into it. Get into the gay things of romanticizing your life. Um, I'm excited for the episodes to come. We just finished episode six. That is wild. Also, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, July 19th, and you haven't bought your tickets to our show tonight or tomorrow, get into that as well. Because I would love to see you at the show and we can romanticize each other. How does that sound? I think that sounds good. Um, Otherwise, give me a follow on social media because that's another part of life that I hate, but I'm trying hard to not hate it. Trying to reframe it. Social media sucks. Wait, no. Social media is a tool and I hope to use it with intention and to not let it control my life. But yeah, follow me on social media so I don't have an existential crisis. Thanks so much. Love you so much. Give this podcast a positive review if you're feeling extra, extra frisky and romantic. And otherwise, I hope you guys have a beautiful day. I hope you find something extra magical in something simple today because that's what it's all about. Ladies and gentlemen, queers and dears, lovers and friends. Thank you again so much. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. And I'm going to go stress about the show. Love you. Bye.